Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can always join the show on the Talk and Text line as well, 608-796-2558. A call or a text, I'd love to hear from you, get your opinion, or if you want to argue, absolutely. That's why I'm here. Hit me up. Uh, Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA because there was a trade that was rumored, a trade that was proposed that maybe is the most ridiculous thing I have seen, at least in sports in 2020. We've seen a lot of ridiculous things this year, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself but one of the more ridiculous things we've seen in sports we'll talk about that coming up in 15 minutes but first one of my favorite recurring guests one of the smartest packer people i have ever had on the show she joins us every couple of weeks cheesehead tv packer report live from new york city on the talk and text line that's perry goldstein perry first of all i just saw with your mets by the way um that robbie cano just tested positive and is gonna. Did you not know this? I hope I'm not I breaking not news to you. I did not see that. So he now misses the entire year um, because it's his second offense. But other than Robbie Cano, do you have like a brief statement about your Mets new owner? Like that seems exciting, right? It's a new era here. Yeah, it's a new era. Steve Cohen, Stevie, all the guys are amped up about it. I'm amped up about it. I'm ready to win a championship. That's yeah. how I feel. <laughs> well, they want to interview the Brewers GM, and the Brewers aren't going to let that happen. Um, I, and also, like, I, I don't know if you're an NBA fan, but what happened here this week with the Bucks is they traded, like, every draft pick that they have for the next decade to get basically two players. And that's exciting because they're trying to convince Giannis to stay. And I, and I want to start with you a question that kind of relates to the Bucks, even if you're not huge into the NBA, which I guess I've never asked you about. But a lot of Packers fans who are also Bucks fans are looking at this and thinking, like, if the Bucks can do this, why can't the Packers go all in to win? Why can't they mortgage the future? I wish they would do this. I wish Brian Gutekinds would go all in. What would you tell Packer fans, or maybe you have spoken with fans online or in, in any of your podcasts, what would you tell Packer fans today, after what the Bucks did, who feel like their GM isn't being aggressive enough? Look, I get it, right? It's this like idea of immediate gratification where if we could just win a Super Bowl now, then that's what matters. But to me, I think the reason why I enjoy being a Packer fan so much is that like we are one of the few franchises that have sustained success. And we've had decades of always being a contender. And maybe there are some years where we feel like we can fall short a little bit, but there's never a year where we're not, you know, automatically playoff bound. And that's because of the way that the Packers do what they do in the front office. And I would so much rather be where we are than no offense to the Bucks. I, but I'm not an NBA fan to yeah. answer your question, but I would not want to mortgage the the future for the right now. I don't want to spend, you know, the next 10, 20 years watching the Packers go four and 10. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds miserable. I'd rather be excited about the opportunity every single season. Um, I also think that uh, there's a little bit of, you know, there's a joke out there entitled town. Yeah. Uh, Yes, like we are title town for a reason. We expect titles and I love that mindset. And I think that mindset from the fans also translates into into the team and vice versa. Uh, But it's really freaking hard to win a Super Bowl. And the Patriots have somehow skewed our image of what it means to win a win a title and win a ring. And um, I sometimes have to remind myself, like we've had a ring with the last two franchise quarterbacks and we potentially could have another one on the way. 
Um, and that's so much more special than like, I live in New York. I have to, you know, poor Jets fans here. Mm-hmm. They haven't made the playoffs in how long, like in my living memory. So I'd rather be us than them. Well, yeah. And I agree in the NBA, it's a very different league. Like there's two rounds in the draft versus seven. And like it, the, the league is just done differently. So it's hard to compare the two, but I think there is a certain segment of Packer fans that are sick of this and they would be okay with going two and 14 if it meant, you know, going all into win a Super Bowl, which obviously there's different schools of thought. Perry, I went back and looked. We last talked right after the Houston Texans win. And at the time, I'm like, well, I want to get you back on after the Niners game because that'll be interesting. And then the Niners were playing their C team. So since we have last talked, the Packers have lost to the Vikings. They blew out what was left of the 49ers. And then they squeaked by the Jags this last Sunday. What have you learned about this team since we last spoke? Like, has your opinion changed about this team for better or worse? Are we kind of in the same spot three or four weeks later? (laughs) I'm a little more confused about this team, to be honest. Like... Uh, the 49ers, I think, was more of like an emotional, cathartic situation where it's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter who was on the other side. We just had to go into Santa Clara and win. And we blew them out. And that was great. Um, I think fans were a little bit uh, disappointed with the win this past Sunday against the Jaguars, given who they are and their record, etc. And I think Aaron Rodgers said it best on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, where he was like, it's really hard to win. And the other team gets paid to And they came in there with a lot of heart and they're still, you know, competitors and we still won. I think actually, um, you know, division round games, always fluky. The Vikings, they're on the up right now. Mm -hmm. And it kind of started with our game. And I think it just happened to feel worse because our loss to them was the first of this sort of upswing. They're on a winning streak right now. Um, But I like that the Packers are winning in different ways. I think with the Jags, it was a much tougher, grittier win. Like it wasn't a big blowout like the 49ers or a big, you know, lead at the beginning um, that we saw in the first four. So I kind of liked watching. Yeah. Like I kind of liked watching them like tough it out and Aaron Rodgers was a pick, but they still come back and, you know, Devonta Adams fumbles and they still come back. I I, I like to see that heart because that was something I was a little bit concerned about um, in the loss to like the Bucks, let's let's say. And I think the defense looks better. Um, You know, you may disagree with me, but I think the defense is starting to get there pass rush is starting to get there so I just like the trajectory that they're on yeah the pass rush patiently waited until like the last six plays to show up um they finally did and Rashawn Gary may be flashing a little bit I'm not going to overreact to that Matt LaFleur certainly wasn't he was asked about it in his presser on Monday and he was like very unenthusiastic he's like yeah it's I guess it's a step in the right direction for Rashawn we'll see we'll get him on the field a little bit more which which I thought was funny because I thought a lot of people were super amped about Rashawn Gary and then Matt LaFleur threw some cold water on that Perry Goldstein um, Cheesehead TV, Packs What She Said podcast, and Packer Report. Um, let's talk about Alan Lazard. I don't know if he's going to play this week. Matt LaFleur was, seemed very hesitant to to give confirmation one way or another. He did say they're going to have to work him back in slowly. They don't want to re-injure him, which is no surprise. Whether he plays this weekend or not is, is secondary. I, I want to talk about what he adds to this offense, because the last time we saw him healthy was the Saints game, and he had 150 yards and a touchdown. When you think of Alan Lazard, what does he specifically add to this offense? Like, what have they been missing without him on the field? Yeah, reliable third down guy. Uh, he doesn't drop a lot of balls. And I think you've seen a little bit of Rodgers trying to go to Tunyon for some of those, um, you know, streaking across the middle of the field deeper, not necessarily deep shot MVS type, but uh, 20, 30 yard kind of shots. And that's the stuff that Al Lazard does really well. He's big body. He's going to be really physical with DBs. 
Um, not to say that MVS or Tunyon or Jay Sternberger aren't, but, but you know, Lazard's six five and you know two twenty something. You know, he he is that kind of really physical boundary guy. He's going to pull people away from Devontae Adams, which MVS does as well. Now he's getting a little bit of that respect with the deep ball, and I think we saw it too with the Jags. You know, you saw with his his touchdown actually. You know. There's there's one safety over the top and he's going towards Devontae and MVS just has a straight go and he's one on one and he's going to catch that every time. And I think you add in Lazard and it's just another wrinkle uh, that that the defense has to focus on because you got to respect what Lazard can do, given what we saw from him last season and the beginning of this one. So I think it's just going to open things up a little bit more for Devontae to do what Devontae does Um and I, I hope we see a lot more of Devonte in the slot when we get Alan Lazard back on the outside. So I'm just, I can't wait to have him back. I love, I love his energy. I love what he brings. I wish that he had been back this week because he could play against the team that cut him and didn't see anything in him, yeah. et cetera. It would have been a nice story, but. Yeah, I mean, Mercedes Lewis got to play. They almost got him a touchdown. Rodgers ended up running it in instead. I love that revenge game idea. I, I want to ask you about the Colts, but really quickly, kind of branching off of that Lazard question. Do you think MVS, he's this roller coaster that we can't figure out. Do you think his up and down production, he started the season great and then he's kind of figured it out the last two weeks. Do you think it's as simple as he certainly benefits from having Alan Lazard on the field? Like when Lazard was taken off the field and MVS became number two, that's when you started to see some of that production dip down. I mean, does life get way easier for MVS? Do you think he's more consistent once Lazard gets back <laughs> on the field? Like, could it be that simple, or am I just trying to be hopeful and optimistic? The age-old question, is MVS now going to be consistent? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I, you'd like to think so. Um, we don't play a ton of 11 personnel, so I think the idea that we might see all three of them on the field at the same time is less so than like in the Mike McCarthy era. Um, but I hope that MVS is finding his stride. I know he says it's never a confidence thing, but you got to feel really good about yourself moving forward after the production that he's seen in the last couple of games. So I hope he's on the upswing. I'm definitely more in the camp of like, give them time, especially mm-hmm. after Devontae. I mean, that's just like the age old example of, you know, you got to give them time to, to come into their own. I'm not saying that Devon, uh, MVS is the next Devontae Adams. I'm just saying that, nice, uh, yeah. you know, let's not write him off. Um, but if he's just an inconsistent wide receiver three who can get you that deep shot every once in a while, um, fine. Sure, that we've got Alan Lazard for, for all the rest of it. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And time is important. Maybe if the Packers had a little bit more time in camp, Travis Fulgham, for example, would still be on the roster. Like, you don't always have the benefit of time. So if they can be patient, which they can be with MVS, I, I think they should remain patient. Perry Goldstein, Packer Report, uh, Packs What She Said podcast. Last question. I want to take you back a week ago, Friday on my show. I remember this very clearly. I watched the Colts beat the Titans on Thursday night, and I came in the next day, and I'm like, I feel great about the Packers against the Colts because there's no way Phillip Rivers is playing like that again in 10 days, right? Like, Phillip Rivers loves turning the ball over. There's no way he goes two weeks in a row without doing it. Okay, now I'm changing my stance, not because of (laughs) Phillip Rivers, because I think Phillip Rivers could very well be pedestrian or worse on Sunday. I'm worried because this Colts team is the same physical, great-in-the-trenches type of team that has really been a problem for the Matt LaFleur Packers. And I hadn't really thought about that. And then I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they traded for DeForest Buckner. Darius Leonard is a monster, right? They're really nasty on the offensive line. I hope this isn't the case, but I'm scared that the Packers are going to get pushed around and they're going to get bullied on Sunday. Now, if they stand up to that test, that's going to be a great sign, but I'm not super optimistic that's what's going to happen. Like, what's your read on the Colts game? And I see you yeah. nodding your head, so that it seems like you're agreeing. 
It's the defense, 100%. Yeah. I think it's Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor for our defense. Because I agree with you. Philip Rivers is like, you never know who you're going to get. Yeah. And, you know, that is what it is. I think it's stopping their running back tandem because I think they're phenomenal. And the defense. I mean, they're, that's, this is a game that's going to be won, like you said, in the trenches. And we saw what the Bucks did to us up front, even a little bit with the Jaguars. Like, we got pushed around just a little bit there. And this is going to be huge for not just, I think, I think more for like what is Matt LaFleur going to do if we do get pushed around? Mm-hmm. Because we've seen some of that play calling. I, I it feels like he kind of like freaks out a little bit at some point when things go awry or the you know script isn't working and then it's like, "Ah, what do we do?" and you know, if that's the case, I, I hope he's game planning and expecting this because we've seen what the Colts defense can do. Um and he has Aaron Rodgers who has seen it all. Um, but I, I'm worried a little bit about play calling if we come out flat again or can't get things going. And I'm worried a little bit about the run game. Yeah, well, really quickly, just about Matt LaFleur, something else I've talked about and maybe you agree because I think he does get, I think he gets frazzled a little bit against the Vikings and against the Jacksonville. Did you notice him against two really bad defenses? Like, he, he coached scared. Like, why don't you push the ball down the field? I know it's windy, but why are you allowing Jacksonville to come play downfield and come get you behind the line of scrimmage. Like, I I don't know. I'm very high on Matt LaFleur, and I love his offense, but sometimes in these very particular matchups against bad defenses, for whatever reason, it seems his offense doesn't rise to the occasion and play as good as they should, and then when they get pushed around. Like, have you noticed that? Yeah, I thought that he, he pushed the ball down the field well enough against the Jaguars. I think that uh, from the naked eye, you know, 35 mile, mile an hour wins. Those, those are pretty legit. And I, I think you don't, I mean, Aaron Rodgers threw a pick. Like yeah. you, you almost would rather not and, and stay safer, more like ball control. I think not turning the ball over is more important. Um, I just think I appreciate just to be more on like devil's advocate side for him. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that he doesn't give up on the run game. Like even if it, what I would prefer is like, especially my, my biggest example is you like think about the Bucks game. Like he kept calling these like, to the outside zone runs. Mm. And they just were not working against the Bucks linebackers, but running it up the gut was, and he wasn't calling those. Like that is more of like, what are, what are the in-game adjustments that I, I just am not sure that he he has an eye for? But again, I'm like a lay person sitting on my couch, yeah. so it's very easy to judge and not on the field. But um, I appreciate my original point was that I appreciate that he doesn't give up on the run game, even if it's two, three, four yards and not sort of big chunk plays. Um, so I do like that, but I mean, I, I hope the weather is going to be good. I think that the Colts stadium's a little bit more covered. It's not like total dome, but it's like, I think they can know, open not... up the roof. Like they can open close yeah. the roof, right? If I'm thinking correctly. Yeah. So no weather, the weather should not be an excuse. Yeah. Uh, and, and we should be able to sort of run the offense as normal. Well, we'll see. Maybe they'll have a bad week of practice. They, they have other things they can rely on if they play poorly. Perry Goldstein, Packer report, Cheesehead TV. I appreciate you. And I would tell you to be well and to stay healthy, but in you New too. York city, weirdly enough, you are much safer than us in Wisconsin right now, but be well anyways. And I appreciate you joining me. You too, and everyone listening, please stay safe.